T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome into the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey. We will be highlighting the best time of the year, the college bowl season, by taking the most detailed look you will find anywhere. I'm Zach Blackerby with the Locked On Podcast Network, and I will be guiding you through hearing detailed analysis from experts from our friends at BetQL and Odyssey, as well as our local hosts that cover these teams every single day. Expect detailed looks at the Sugar Bowl, Rose, Fiesta, Peach, and of course the semifinal games, the Cotton and Orange Bowls. We talked about the Sugar Bowl this past Friday. Today, we're zooming in on Pasadena, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Ohio State taking on Utah. And for our first look at this game, let's go to Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins of Odyssey's The Daily Tip Podcast. Zach, thanks very much. Chelsea, how about the granddaddy of them all? Ohio State taking on Utah in the Rose Bowl. Ohio State minus 250 on the money line at BetMGM. Utah is plus 190. Ohio State is laying six and a half points. Total is set at 66. I don't know if this influences you at all. We talk about the chonk donkey all the time. The old BetQL computer. BetQL says Ohio State is a four-star best bet. And the under is a five-star play. Of course, you and I don't follow the donkster at all. We do whatever we want. How you feeling here? It makes me very nervous because I do like Ohio State here, minus yeah. six and a half. Uh, like in the NFL, that's a big number. But for this Ohio State offense, I think it's easily coverable. I think it is too. But you know what scares me about this? This is one of those lines that seems it seems too easy, doesn't it? It seems like right. it's way too short. And right now... You've got the majority of the vets on Ohio State, but where's the money? The money is on the Utes. And also, keep an eye on Ohio State receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. They have not announced just yet if they're going to play. And if they don't, then all of a sudden, that's going to hamstring C.J. Stroud quite a bit. I'm like you. I like Ohio State here. I think it's short, obviously, below that key number of seven. But it seems like it's too short, and it makes me a little weary. Well, and from a betting standpoint, this is probably when you need to take Utah just to fade the public because I'm sure (laughs) everyone and their mom is thinking Ohio State is this great team with this great offense. And before, you know, Utah upset Oregon twice, (laughs) I feel like they weren't even in the conversation. Like they're a solid team with a solid defense here. So maybe they're not getting enough credit because you know these odds makers are putting this line where they think they will get action on both sides, and I just feel like it's still going to be very one-sided on Ohio State. 
I, I think you're right about that. And I do think there is something to the fact that when you hear Ohio State, Utah, it's hard to put a number on this, but immediately you think Ohio State. You really need to look into the numbers here and look at what the Utes bring to the table. This is a very good football team, and you just don't give them the credit they deserve because it's Utah. It's sort of like when you bet in the NBA and you hear L.A. versus Utah. You're like, yeah, Utah. Nobody ever gives anyone from Utah any credit because they're not a sexy team, and Ohio State is clearly one of these blue blood programs. But Utah earned that championship in the Pac-12, and so – I'll have to take a little bit closer look at this, but I, I'm like you. I may end up fading the public here because we're just not giving the Utes enough credit for what they've done this season. Here's the big question I have. Is Utah's defense as good as they are on paper? Because on paper, mm-hmm. they look really good. 13th in yeah. the nation, total defense, allowing just 317 total yards a game, 24th in scoring defense. But can they really slow down Ohio State? And we've seen Ohio State struggle against top-tier defenses that defense in Michigan. Yeah, and also, you know, motivation, we, we talk about this a lot on the show and how maybe motivation isn't a big deal in the NFL, but it is a big deal in college. You talk about motivated. Utah will be the more motivated team here. Ohio State is coming off that loss to Michigan, lost to Big Ten. They had their eyes set on making the college football playoff. Utah will be the one team that wants to make a statement here. Yeah, uh, I think you are right on the money there because Ohio State had these lofty expectations. Like when you see Ohio State not in the top four, I know there's disappointment. So I think uh, after consideration, I'm going to lean towards Utah here. I think literally having this conversation, I think I talked myself into the youths as well. For more, subscribe and follow the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts or you can listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern. It's all on BetQL, your home for wagertainment. Zach, back to you. Now we will go to Ryan Horvitt, the host of Bet MGM tonight, to get some interesting trends on the Rose Bowl. Hey, Zach, I've been looking forward to this Rose Bowl matchup uh, since the matchup was released. On paper, looks like it's going to be a good one as long as everybody's out there. Uh, I did jump all over Ohio State from a betting standpoint as a six and a half point favorite as soon as this line was released for the Rose Bowl. Not only did Ohio State miss the college football playoff, but they also failed to win their own division, you know, and they lose to Michigan for the first time in a decade. Jim Harbaugh finally beats them, and they were outplayed in that game. They lose 42-27, to but also they gave up a season-worst 297 rushing yards and committed 10 penalties in that loss to Michigan. So we have a bad taste in our mouth when it comes to Ohio State, but we still have to remember this was college football's number one scoring offense all season long. They averaged 45 points per game. If Chris Olave is in this game, if Garrett Wilson plays, I just think they're too talented for this Utah team. Now, Utah, they've been a different team the second half of the season. They blew out Oregon in both matchups. They have a strong running game with Tavion Thomas. He has 20 touchdowns on the ground, over 1,000 yards. They have a top 25 defense. But they haven't seen an offensive team like Ohio State all season long. Back, back in Ohio State, I think it's the way to go. They're 30-2 and two as favorites in their last 32 games. And while I like Utah, they're 5-1 and one against the spread against a team with a winning record in their last six games, they're also not very profitable as an underdog. Just 2-9 and nine as underdogs in their last 11 games. I'm rolling with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. As long as everybody's a full go, I do think they win this game by at least seven points. And when we return, we will hear from our local experts from the Locked On Podcast Network. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's hear what our local experts have to say. Introducing Jay Stevens, host of Locked on Buckeyes, and Brian Brown, host of Locked on Utes. Jay, it's great to be here. For me, um, this is exciting as a Utah fan. We don't get a lot of New Year's Day slash college football playoff attention. And so Utah fans, the whole Utah football community is just out of control buzzing. And as you know, we're right in the heart of early signing day stuff. It is a great time of year to be in this business and be talking college football. Thanks so much for uh, for jumping in here with me and doing this. Uh, how are things on the Ohio State side of things right now? Things on the Ohio State side of things. Well, Brian, I'm glad to be with you today. Things on the Ohio State side of things. Things are getting interesting, and it's not even talking about the Rose Bowl, bowl practice, anything in the spring. It, not even like National Signing Day. It's all talking about the things that are going on with the transfer portal, rumors about more players going into the transfer portal, defensively what coaches are going to be fired, what coaches may be brought in. Just got a new defensive coordinator, but he will not be able to officially start until the day after the Rose Bowl is played. That's been all of the talk going on the entirety of the end of the Big Ten Championship until now. I have heard very little, if any, specifics about the Rose Bowl and this matchup from Ohio State fans, from anyone that's there day-to-day covering the team. So I'm very interested to see what it transpires over the next couple of days or next seven to 10 days as far as this game from Ohio State. Because if we're talking about a week before the game and all the focus is still on the transfer portal and National Signing Day, maybe the focus might not be on the Rose Bowl like many people think it should be because you don't want to end the season with back-to-back losses. No, and, and nobody wants going to the off season on an off note, right? And we all understand how important it is to get those four weeks of practice in after the season so you can get your younger guys developed. Like you said, with the transfer portal, it's just created this chaos now throughout the month of December, and, and you're trying to get recruits locked in. You're trying to close out that class. I think Ohio State is on such a higher national standing than Utah, whereas Utah fans are just – Super excited. Everything is a benefit right now. Everything is a bonus. You know, they're scrapping all over the place trying to find tickets. I know there was a rush to go buy them through the Ohio State side of things because they were released earlier. 
Uh, and it's I think it's a really appropriate description of where these programs are both at. Utah coming off a very uh, just a wild season in general, losing two of their players, uh, passing on in, in, in the span of a year, having to play through one of their players passing away during the season, uh, and then going and winning their first ever Pac-12 championship, making it to the Rose Bowl. And then you have Ohio State, which it almost feels like, you know, from an outsider's perspective, this year was maybe a little bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that's, you know, I think that's going to be make for a really interesting matchup because you, you, you've got Utah players who are all declaring for the draft but opting into the game. You've got Ohio State players like Chris Olave who are sitting on the fence right now. And, and maybe for an Olave, it really doesn't behoove him to play in this game. Uh, it, but, you know, it's hard to say, right? Because for Utah, this is a huge deal. For Ohio State, this is just kind of another day in the life. Brian... That thing about Olave is very interesting, and it goes back to what I said just a second ago. Ohio State does not want to lose the be- uh, lose the final two games of the season, and those will be the final two games of Chris Olave specifically his career. A great career broke a David broke a record during the season, most receiving touchdowns in Ohio State's uh, history over over the career. He does he's done amazing things. He's he's an amazing wide receiver who I believe will do some really good things in the National Football League. But just like you don't know if he's going to play or not, in the back of my mind, might be in the back of his mind, I don't want to have my final two games of my career, my final loss be against Michigan. I want to at least go out on a high note. It, we're in Pasadena. It is the Rose Bowl. It's, there's been so many good or great Ohio State teams that have played in the Rose Bowl. That may be a great way not just to cap off your career, but also a great way to not have that last game of your career be a loss so that's just one player of a few from Ohio State that may be on the fence about playing or not playing in this game on New Year's Day and I think one of those players that we know for sure will be playing and not opting out is CJ Stroud he's a Southern California kid he's returning home you know that he's going to want to play well in front of that hometown crowd even though you know where he's from in southern california isn't right next to pasadena it's close enough you know you can drive there without having to you know hop a flight or or cross a state line and and in southern california it's going to take you an hour to get everywhere anyways so i think that that you know combined with what you're saying about you know not wanting to lose two games in a row not wanting to let this season you know end on another sour note I do think that you probably make a very convincing point in that regards. I think it is very critical to find out what happens with those Ohio State wide receivers because even as a Utah fan, you know, you get a, a boatload of coverage. We all know how good Ohio State's wide receiving core is. This is a Utah secondary that is young. They do lack experience. You know, we talked a little bit in the pre-show about Clark Phillips. He was a flip, committed to Ohio State for a long period of time, comes to Utah, starts right out the gate, has, has played really well. He's now the most experienced and the most talented corner on the roster, which is a little bit scary as a Utah fan when you project them going up against this Ohio State juggernaut of a wide receiver core. That's one of the matchups that, to me, stands out. What can you tell Utah fans about that wide receiver core and maybe why this this could be a concern for them? It's one of those positions at Ohio State that's been consistent all year. It is very, very, very hard to stop a team that has three elite wide receivers. I'm very delicate and specific when using words. Um, I try to time them out, and I try to make sure that I use them in a proper context. Words like elite, words like great. I don't use them very often. I believe those words are used 
too much. Another one is generational talent. I could go on for days about that. I believe people use all of these too much. They don't know exactly the proper context to use them in. I think that you have Olave, Wilson, and Smith and Jigba, three elite wide receivers. Smith and Jigba in the slot. You also have Olave and Wilson, who could, who could also play in the slot, and it pr- creates a matchup nightmare for any defense secondary. The one thing I'm curious about with this matchup is not the wide receivers. An inexperienced secondary is one thing. But if they can get some type of pass rush or some type of pressure on C.J. Stroud, that's a big way to slow down that attack. And Stroud's been pressured, and he's created pressure at times throughout the season. And he still managed to throw 300, 350 plus, sometimes 400 yards in a game when it seems like, buddy, if you just stay in the pocket, if you manipulate things with the rush of the offense, of the defense, you get a thrown for 500 numerous games throughout the year because of the elite receivers you have on the outside. The youngsters on the secondary for Utah is one thing, but if they get pressure on Stroud, that's that to me is the only way you can slow down this passing attack. I'm with I'm in agreement with you 100. percent This isn't the uh, this is a very good Ohio State offensive line. It's not the great offensive lines mm-hmm. that we've seen. And to your point, that term that we tend to use so often in terms of you know greatness, goat, legendary, once in a lifetime. Uh, I. As from an outsider's perspective, you know, Chris Olave seems to slide right into all of those categories, mm-hmm. not not simply because of his physical skill set, but what he brings to the field as a leader. You know, I remember watching him on special teams. I remember watching him in a high school and just drooling over this guy, thinking he was going to be great at the next level. And he has. Uh, I do think that that you're spot on in terms of the pressure. Utah brings Devin Lloyd and Mika Tafua. Devin Lloyd, you know, all-conference uh, defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. He's going to be a consensus All-American. He's one of the best defensive players in the country. You've seen Kayvon Thibodeau earlier this year. That's the one common opponent that these two teams have, albeit it was so early in the season, and I think Ohio State's made just a – a massive development. He actually then. didn't play in that game. He was hurt. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and even then, like it was so early on in the season, you know, coming off of COVID and everything like that, it was so hard to expect everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, as I look at these two matchups, um, there's really not a whole lot of parallels between Utah's defense and Oregon's defense because Oregon has just some insane talents. Uh, Utah brings a lot more discipline, but a lot of pressure. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know what? Utah is a run control, ball control, physical downhill team. They're want to they're going to want to run the ball with Tavion Thomas. He's a transfer, uh, a JUCO bounce back, and they want to get downhill and and just roll over you. As you've seen this Ohio State defense, you know throughout the season, you know has there been a weakness to them? And and if there has been, what has it been primarily? Has there been or how many weaknesses have there been? <laughs> I could go on for days about that. Listeners of this that listen to Locked on Buckeyes, they know that I can sometimes get intense and a little animated with how I describe this defense this year. One of the things that's been lacking, I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick one, not a position group, but just one thing that's been lacking is physicality, a consistent level of physicality, game in and game out. They have been soft. They have also been really poor at tackling at times. Um, and I do think more so the physicality aspect and a game against Utah, you can't come into this game and be soft. And I do think that's one concern I have. It wasn't just the Michigan game. It wasn't just some of the games against the Penn State and Nebraska. There were other games this year where the Ohio State defense had been soft. It just got covered up by the 
good things we saw from the passing game and the offense from Ohio State, more so passing game than running game. That wasn't like a two-headed monster that was that was elite, elite, elite level. It was more of the passing game and the running game kind of fit in later on. I do think that with this team, if they come in soft and if they come in with their mind not fully engaged and wrapped into this game, it could be a long game for the Buckeyes, and the Buckeyes could be looking at a 10-3 and season um, at the in 2021, there will be a lot of questions. Ryan Day and the rest of the coaching staff will have to answer at the end of the season because I know that, one, the people that cover the team, they're tough, but the fans may be tougher, and the fans do not sit well with a 10-3 and season will with as much talent as this team currently has. And understandably so. This is a program that's used to making regular appearances in the college football playoff. This is a program that, uh, you know, has won national championships. And if they do go to Pasadena and drop a game to a, a, a team like Utah, which, look, it's a young up-and-comer. We can talk about, you know, how Utah is not quite there in, in terms of the national landscape, but they've been consistent in the Pac-12. And, and the Pac-12, we know what it is, right? It's 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 on the outside looking in pretty much all the time. Uh, but I do find that this matchup is very interesting from a lot of perspectives, right? You talk about, you know, Kerry Coombs has struggled this year. I, I don't think there's any way of getting around that one. <laughs> no, right? no, there's not. Like, like, like I know what it looks like to be in a job when you're in over your head. And I recognize that look really well, you know, with him. Uh, but at the same time, this is a program that has immense amounts of talent, resources, you know, every opportunity within a month span to put together a great game plan to attack a Utah team that, you know, really wasn't supposed to be here. This wasn't supposed to be the year that they were going to make the run and go for the Rose Bowl and everything like that. Still a very young football team. Uh, but at this point, like everybody is is what they are. You know, you, you played a full season. You got it under your belts. As you look at this game, you know, how do you maybe see it unfolding and, and what kind of uh, maybe predictions do you have for what could happen? Predictions? How I think things will go, I think it's going to be the more physical team will win. And I do believe, I say that, but I say that all the time, the battle of the trenches. But no, I, I truly firmly believe the more physical team. And because the, the games Ohio State's lost, one, it's not only like the Oregon game. Oregon was a physical team in that game, and Ohio State did not come up to the level of physicality that Oregon had. Michigan just downright beat down Ohio State. I mean, won the battle. Ohio State had chances to stay in the game, some poor things, mentally flags, some poor coaching decisions. But take all that aside, Ohio State was physically the more dominant team in that game. There were other games that Ohio State was not the more dominant team in, but they managed to win them. This might be one of those games where Ohio State might not be the more dominant team at times, but I do think they'll need to be the more dominant team to win this game because think about it. Transfer portal, we talked about it earlier. A lot of your scout team guys are not going to be there. So you're looking at a different look in scout team during practice. Do you know if all of your guys that made the AP All-American team, are they going to be there? Will Alave be there? Will Munford be there? Will Petit Frere be I mean, you could be losing two guys off your offensive line, a wide receiver. You could be losing a defensive tackle. I mean, these are you, these are things that could be really in real time what Ohio State might be without on New Year's Day. You need to be the more physical team, mentally sound team. If you're not those two things, I could see Utah winning. It sucks saying that, but that's just reality. I could see Utah winning if Ohio State is not physical. Yeah, I think it's a rare season, and really it's the culmination of the transfer portal, what happened with COVID, and, and the early signing day period to where 
you don't know what's going to happen with these teams in December. You you just can't predict it. And and maybe some of those older teams that have really worked hard and, and, and fought together and everything like that and matured, maybe they'll stay together throughout the month. But like you said, the transfer portal, it's a wild card. You know, kids going home for Christmas, all that kind of stuff. You just don't really know how focused teams are going to be. That being said, this is a young Utah football team still. Nine of the 11 starters uh, at any point during the season uh, were freshmen, some of them true freshmen, uh, especially if you don't count the five games that Utah played last year during the COVID season. Uh, so it's still a very young group. And in, in that respect, they are susceptible uh, to, to mistakes here and there. And I think that's the key component for the Utah side of things. If they can avoid those mistakes, if Cam Rising can play a clean game, he hasn't played very clean uh, the last two weeks through two interceptions for the first time in a very long time against o- Oregon. Um, but they were over- able to overcome it because they were so uh, so strong in their execution, both on the defensive and offensive side of things in the run game. You can't do that against Ohio State for everything that you mentioned, right? They have the elite talent. If they are more physical, then it's a fair matchup, you know, um, but if, if Utah makes mistakes, I think that Ohio State has the kind of talent to where they can burn them, and it could get out of hand a little bit for the Utes. Uh, that being said, I do think that this is going to be a good football game, and I'm excited to see what happens on uh, on New Year's Day from Pasadena. Yeah, me too, man. New Year's Day, starting it off the first day of the new year, 2022. You get bowl games starting at 12 noon, probably a game at 1 o'clock, Outback Bowl maybe earlier in the afternoon. Then Pasadena, you get that game at – for me, for me, I think it kicks, kicks off at 5 p.m. Eastern. I think it's, what, 2 p.m. Eastern uh, local time there in Pasadena. I mean, there's no better way for me. I grew up watching this game. I know a lot of people listening and watching. They have grew up watching this game as well. It doesn't mean the same thing it did during the BCS era to some, but for a lot of college football fans, it still means exactly what it is. The granddaddy of them all, Utah, Ohio State, a great matchup, and I, I, I'm excited for it. I just can't wait for this game to be played. Yeah, it's going to be a great game in my opinion as well. I know that Utah fans are going to be heading down there in mass. They want to be there. They want to be energetic. They want to show out. That's brought a lot of good out of the teams that they've played this past year. And, you know, I, there's a lot of crossover storylines. C.J. Stroud was was heavily recruited by Utah before Ohio State came in. You know, we, we talked a little bit about Clark Phillips flipping mm-hmm. at the last minute. You know, there's the the Bimahi brothers. You know, Leakey's played a lot for Utah this year. Uh, it could be interesting to see them going up against one another. Uh, so that's an exciting part of it, too. And I just think... Think that you know uh, Ryan Day is one of the best coaches in college football right now, and he's going up against you know a former Urban Meyer protege, albeit 20 years ago, yeah. in Kyle Whittingham, and that's a fascinating matchup as, as well. One of the young up and comers against one of those guys who's just been around forever and grinding at the same spot. So there's a lot of great reasons to watch this game. On top of that, like it's going to be the last little bit of college football that we get for the next nine months, and I don't know how you could say no to that, right? Man, football, no no college football until, what, January 8th, I think it's the national championship. You don't have the first games, week of games until Labor Day weekend, September until 2022. A long, long wait. It's going to be crazy to think about, but also going to be crazy to think about this might be one of the better games of the day. I mean, two different teams, two different matches. I mean, you mentioned the coaching situations. Just think about how prestigious these two schools are. Ohio State's known unknown for being successful. Utah is known for being a solid program going to Pasadena. I mean, that alone right there is going to pull a lot of guys that 
maybe looking to root for an underdog, a team that's not really known for being there, to beat somebody who could be looked at as the Goliath in this matchup because of the brand, the symbol, the helmet, everything that goes into that. So much to look forward to, man. I'm getting more excited just talking about it. Yeah, and it's yeah, I agree with you 100%. If Utah has a brand nationally, it's being the upstart that beat Pitt in the Fiesta Bowl for the first BCS berth. It's the team that went undefeated in 2008 and beat Alabama. We don't have the pedigree that Ohio State has. You know, they they do kind of have that young plucky uh upstart in terms of college football history. Um but yeah, I you know, this is one of those games that I look at um, no matter who's playing in the Rose Bowl, I'm going to watch. It's the most mm-hmm. beautiful turf in the country. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me otherwise. The scenery is gorgeous. You're going to have one of the best announcing teams in college football in the game. Uh, the pageantry that surrounds the bowl. you know. And on top of that, it's just yeah, when you look at the matchups this year outside of the college football playoff, this is probably one of the premier ones still. Um, and it's two teams that I think have really had an evolution throughout the year, right? Like ups and downs and, and growth and, and kind of stalling out and, and trying to figure things out. So uh, I was sold on it beforehand. After this, I'm, I'm all in. In fact, I should probably start packing the car and drive to Pasadena right now, start camping out for it. So, <laughs> Might as well, man. I wish I could hop in there with you. It's a little bit of a further, further distance. For you to drive them myself so i know you got to drive to make it here soon I, i'm i'm looking forward to being on twitter and seeing any pictures of things you might say about what you see or what you're witnessing there um i'll be a little jealous because you'll be there and i won't be yeah i i'm, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be nice i think we're both in the same uh bad place in terms of it being cold and wintry where we live yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say that i'm not excited for that california sunshine uh it's going to be nice I'm, I'm i'm a ginger by you know obviously so you know you kind of have to strategize against the sun a little bit um but no it'll be a great time i wish that you could be out there it's a lot more fun when you get to do these you know live and and we talk all the time we're in the same channels and everything like that very rarely do we get a chance to cross over uh so this was a lot of fun really appreciate uh you joining me today and 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 letting me take some of your time and and learn about ohio state and uh looking forward to this game and and hopefully this isn't the last of our crossovers. I'd like to see a few more of these. Coming up, our national experts at BetQLU take over the conversation. And now for a national approach to the Rose Bowl. National experts at BetQL, RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright of BetQLU break down the game from a national perspective. All right, RJ, it's time to preview the granddaddy of them all. RJ, it's the greatest bowl game in all the world, and the Rose Bowl will tell you about it. They'll be the first to tell you about it. The sun is setting over the San Gabriel Mountains, beautiful Pasadena, the greatest setting in all of college football. We've got red teams versus red teams. We've got Ohio State versus Utah. Utah storms all the way back. They beat the doors off Oregon twice, once at home and once in the Pac-12 championship game. They are currently getting six and a half points against Ohio State. The point total right now at 66 points. RJ, this is the classic. Tell me who the heck is playing in this game. We don't have any updates at this point with opt-outs, particularly with Ohio State. But this comes down to psychology for me, RJ. This just reeks of what we were discussing in our Fiesta Bowl preview. Ohio State feels like they've entered the Alabama territory of, hey, man, they play for titles, and this is not really what they're all about. Despite the Rose Bowl being, of course, the pinnacle for many Big Ten historians, 
This feels like a game where Utah is going to care a lot more than Ohio State. Thousand percent. Uh, the the Rose Bowl is is really really big for Big Ten historians. I don't think nineteen year old kids care. They, In my they, experience, particularly when you consider that Ohio State gets most of their players from Florida, I'm not really sure that I'm not certain how much they're going to care. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's cool. You get a trip out to L.A. or something that resembles L.A. Um, and and you, you know that that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, but you get the Disneyland trip. And as a Disneyland enthusiast, it's always great. Are you one of those people who wears like a you're, you're like the adult Disney guy? Listen, I'm not saying that I have to wear my Mickey Mouse ears. There might be a picture or two out of me out in college in my Mickey Mouse ears. I will confirm this, though. I did have a spreadsheet of how to maximize your day at Disneyland. You have the perfect day and maximize the amount of enjoyment and the amount of fun. Again, though, wasn't necessarily had to be in my goofy hat. Didn't have to be in my ears. Sometimes maybe I went with my Chad Michael Murray long sleeve shirt under my short sleeves, you know, and my, my jeans and, and my vans. I might have had that look going on out there, but I can confirm you can put indeed a price on happiness. It, it used to be about $76 per day. That, that's this is phenomenal. I'm I'm yes. so glad I asked. I, I'm I'm thrilled with that answer. This is this is mm-hmm. this is amazing. Um, but, but you know, uh, if I can regain the, my train of thought here, that that's, this is going to be, uh, the, 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 the ultimate test for Ohio state and how much they actually care. Um, I, I don't think it answer me this. Right. Would you say it's fair to say this is the biggest game in the program's history of the university of Utah? So I think it's in the handful of games. Like I Pitt think game, right? The pit and then the Alabama game. Yeah, I think the Alabama game. I mean, I think you probably have to consider the Pac-12 title game. I know they had been yeah. in it before and they'd been on the losing end against Oregon. But I do think I think winning the Pac-12 championship for Utah is a significant achievement. And I do think playing in the Rose Bowl is a significant achievement for Utah. Whereas when I look at it on the flip side with Ohio State, Feels like a disappointment. I mean, we saw CJ Stroud saying he doesn't like to make excuses for Ohio State, but he wanted to let everybody know Ohio State was battling the flu in the Michigan game. And to me, like, that's just one of those situations where I have to question just indeed how motivated some of those guys are going to be to play in the game. Now, conversely, the risk, in my opinion, of, of this line of thinking, if the Ohio State guys do show up and decide to play, there's a significant talent advantage, and it is on the Buckeyes' side, not on the Utah side. Uh, oh, gosh, yes. I mean, the talent advantage that Ohio State has, this might be one of the biggest talent advantages of any bowl game uh, on the schedule this year. I mean, it really might be. We are talking about a team that literally gets nothing but four- and five-star players against a team that literally gets nothing but two- and three-star players with the occasional four thrown in. Like, like Utah's not getting a five-star guy. Not I mean, unless he's related to Kyle Whittingham. Right. Right. Or, or, or you know, now like or someone else on the staff or whatnot. But like, to your point, if Utah gets a five-star, it's news. It's news. When Ohio State lands a five-star, it's okay. They got another one. Like I would sit here and say BYU probably has a better chance of getting a five-star because of the church. If, if that five-star player is a member of the church of Latter-day Saints, like they, would theoretically have a good chance of getting them to go to BYU. Like Utah doesn't have that advantage. 
they're not affiliated. So like this is this is talent advantage wise, we are talking night and day, night and day. This is, you know, what this is this is Oklahoma against Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl uh, in what oh four or whatever. Like there was how oh, many six maybe something like that. Yeah, like, n- none of those guys on Boise State would have even made the OU roster. Ah, the old Jared Zabranski game, right? Like none of them would have. Like, you know, Boise State was you know filled with either uh, players who were coached up or players who couldn't get into USC or UCLA. It was the 2007 Fiesta Bowl that culminated 06, the 06 yeah. season. So I mean, by the way, I can't remember anything from calculus, but you asked me to recite yeah. what Fiesta Bowl that was. I can give it to you. That that shows yeah, my, yeah. my my career in a nutshell. Yeah. It's, you know, you could do that. Some of us could do that. Some of us have that ability. Uh, I obviously forgot a lot of knowledge, okay? Mm. When you have a shot glass size brain and mm. you keep giving things, you know, you're going to spill some. That's what happens with me. Uh, but this is this is a huge talent advantage of this game, no doubt, for Ohio State. couple of notes in terms of the money split. Right now, a lot of what we're seeing, 61% of the money is on Ohio State. That's 89% of the tickets, meaning just 11% of the tickets and 39% of the money are on Utah. According to BetQL, that's a pro advantage by 28% in favor of the Utes. BetQL, though, with their system show, Ohio State 36 to Utah 25 and a half. They essentially have the spread being about 10 and a half. Right now, it's Ohio State by six and a half. So what they're saying is from a value perspective, the value is Ohio State. However, most of the sharp guys out in the desert are believing a lot of what we're talking about, which yeah. is how motivated is Ohio State going to be in this game? Because I feel like this is another one of those situations where you're going to know pretty quickly whether or not Ohio State's in this game. I, I think you can expect a consistent effort out of Utah the entire game. The question for me is going to be, what is that effort from Ohio State going to look like? Well, what, what is the effort? Yeah, for one, is what is the effort for Ohio State going to look like? But, you know, what, what is the style, too? You know, styles make yeah. fights, right? And Utah destroyed one of the two teams that really put it to Ohio State this year. Like Ohio State had two losses where they were, I don't want to say non-competitive in those games, but from Ohio State standpoint, the way Ohio State normally plays, they were non-competitive. They were non-competitive. I'll, I'll say it this way. I spent the entire second half thinking Ohio State was not going to win either game. Right. Right, exactly. So, you know, and Utah beat that team twice handily. Do, do, do styles make the fights? And does does Utah do something that Ohio State can't do? I find that hard to believe, right? Because, you know, they're, they're from a talent perspective, they shouldn't be able to. But does the style that Utah plays – does it give fits? Can you take anything from the way they dominated Oregon and the way Oregon dominated Ohio State? Yeah, to me, what it's really going to boil down to is, is Utah going to be able to line up and run the football? Because in the games that we're talking about in which Ohio State looked very vulnerable, I mean, let's be real, Oregon lined up and they ran it down their throats. It yeah. wasn't, you know... Kayvon Thibodeau not playing that game, I actually thought that was going to be such a massive disadvantage. It was like, oh, Ohio State's just going to light up that Oregon secondary, which is kind of the weakness of their defense. But in reality, it didn't even matter that, that Thibodeau didn't play because on the, in, on the flip side of the equation, 
Oregon was able to just simply run basically the same type play over and over again. It was like a zone read when they'd kind of tag it with an option on the back. If Utah is able to run it down their throat, and that's kind of another aspect of the game that we're talking about. When that team just lines up and they out physical you, especially when you're, you had national title aspirations coming into the season, it's a lot easier to go, eh, let's get them next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. At at what point, if you're an Ohio state player and and Utah is, is that scrappy YMCA dude, that's just coming at you. And you're like, man, I don't want to deal with this today. Every rebound is with elbows out. And you're just like, dude, come on, man, dude, come on. Stop trying so hard. You know, no one's keeping stats here. Yeah, I do this in beer league softball all the time. Like if that other, if that dude's like really like dive for a ball. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm walking yeah. out. I, I don't want any part of this. I'm 42 years old. I'm not diving for a ball. And I'll give softball. you, I'll give you a backhand. If you want to yes. go to your backhand, I will let you. I will let you go to your backhand. But if you're gonna lay out, this but is this only on a top. If you have to bend over and get to the ground, I mean, we're we're talking like that's a little bit too much for me, man. Anything's gonna happen here at Ohio State. Another thing to keep an eye on is, you know, Utah has the fourth most pass breakups in college football. Well, you know, that hasn't translated to interceptions yet. But how many of those times where, you know, the other team may not be caring and you get yourself a, you get yourself a pass breakup, all of a sudden you got a tip ball interception and there's six right there. Uh, these are things that can happen over the course of a game that we'll see if it actually materializes into a win for Utah because theoretically they will be the team that actually cares more in this game. Couple other notes on the game against the spread this year. The Buckeyes were seven and five. That's a fifty-eight point three percent cover percentage, whereas the Utes were six and seven, a forty-six point one percent cover rate. The total in Ohio State games went over seven times, under five. The total went over eight times, and the under went five times in Utes games. So those are the betting trends for the Rose Bowl. Folks, that's everything you need to know about the Rose Bowl. Thank you for tuning in to the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview. Tomorrow, we're previewing the Fiesta Bowl right here on the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.